0: Five in the eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?
1: Hello, and a very well welcome to Cultural Radio's weekly news review show, Five in the Eye. This is me, Michael O'Huittur, back in the hot seat after a week away. Thanks so much to Collar for joining Phil last time in my absence. Today it's episode 0375,
0: and we're ready to get underway. And this is Phil Wood for joining Michael via Zoom and revealing that our top story is how the country is dealing with the period of mourning for Queen Elizabeth. Many people want the opportunity to grieve, but others reserve the right to protest. Can we reconcile these two strands of opinion? Five in the eye. And for
1: story number two, the far right in Sweden is going to be the second largest
0: in the country's
1: parliament and may well form part of the government. Italy goes to the polls soon, and it it too is expected to elect a right-wing coalition as
0: well. Is Europe sliding back in the wrong direction? Mm. And what's story number three this week? Well, the City Mapper app is going to start charging people who are looking for bus-only routes. But these are often the cheapest way to travel and relied upon by those with the least money. Mm. And for story
1: number four... It's about Tesla's owners in Norway going on, would you believe, a hunger strike. It's all because no one is listening to them about the
0: faults they claim exist with their Tesla vehicles. And finally this week, to wrap up the Eye, we return to the period of mourning for Her Majesty. The ways in which some businesses and organisations have chosen to show their respect have raised a few eyebrows. We'll delve respectfully into the debate at the end of the show. But for now... That's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. Well, we're going to start off this week with the period of mourning um, for Queen Elizabeth undoubtedly there's been a very big outpouring of affection for the late queen and we've seen um, crowds of people in edinburgh and then in the last uh, day or two in london huge numbers of people uh, wanting to pay their respects to the queen filing past um, and uh, making sure they were there for a moment Of great national significance, a piece of history, if you like. And, um, you know, perhaps after so long on the throne, it's understandable that the Queen has garnered such a huge degree of support and affection, Michael. But there are some people who don't believe in the monarchy and they believe maybe in a republic, um, having an elected head of state rather than the uh, the head of state passing instantaneously from Elizabeth II to, to King Charles III. And they have, on occasion in the last week, been protesting. And some people were arrested, some were charged with um, breaches of the peace and other offences. And then some people took to holding up blank uh placards reminiscent of the kind of things we see in moscow uh when you know people were protesting the war and they were being arrested for anti-war slogans so they held up blank cards and blank pieces of paper to test whether that too would get them arrested and some people are saying well look you know the queen was part of the fabric of british life but so too is the idea of peaceful protest and dissent and so on um, and therefore, people should be allowed to protest. Others would say, "Look, uh, this is very disrespectful. This is uh, this is a period of mourning. People are coming to grieve. They don't expect to see people um, waving banners and, uh, and 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 yelling things in the streets in front of them." What's what's your take on this, Michael? It's about respectful. Yes, it's a it's a democracy. And we have the right to protest,
1: but at the same time, we have to respect others. And this sense of uh, uh, it's my right, and I'll, I'll I'll hail abuse at these people as they pass. I have to admit, Phil, I find myself on the side of the police as they arrest these people, because, as, because they have the potential to cause mayhem as, as people attack them. I'm minded of um, in Extinction rebellion in, in Stratford. Remember that Stratford morning, a Monday morning, they glued themselves to the the trains. At Stratford, and people pulled them from the train. They dragged them off, and, and people had to go in there to protect them, because I guess m- many of us would would agree with the uh, Extinction Rebellion's um, concerns about the environment, but you choose your time and your moment, and that's and that is not that's wholly inappropriate when when the the, the coffin of the Queen is passing it, and it's it's that should be a respectful moment, regardless of the of who they are. You should respect that 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 and and find your protest in in the in a, an appropriate time, an appropriate moment. I, I,
0: I did see one of the protesters, Michael, on the TV, where it was a challenge with this point. Is this the right time? She says it's never the right time. You know, you you you'll always be told this is not the right time to 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 protest. Um and that actually it, it's you know it's it's a right. It's it's kind of sacrosanct this no, ability to protest Phil, sorry, up.
1: hang on a second. What about those countless, not countless, but there was a number of people who protested for Brexit and against Brexit outside the House of Parliament, day in, day out. Come, come rain, come shine, they were there. So why aren't these people outside um Buckingham Palace now? Well, not now, with all the floods that's not inappropriate. But but when, when 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 the Queen was alive, when Buckingham Palace was 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 a was a going concern, and yet it'll come back to be a going concern. They have the right to protest then. To make their protest, right now at this particular point, with so many people mourning, it's it's not the right thing to do. We're, yes, we're a democracy. As I say, free speech is right, but at the same time, we have to respect that. We respect each other's, respect each other, and you I know, think that's I, disrespectful. I, 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 disrespectful. I actually, you know,
0: I I do tend to agree with you that you know that there has to be a balance struck here, and I, I think it's a difficult situation for the police because they're trying to protect. Uh, people's rights to express their opinions, but they're also trying to avoid any kind of unnecessary confrontation. And we have seen uh, one or two instances that were, were 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 turning ugly because people felt very, very strongly about about this. And the police do have a job to keep public order in a situation like this. But it does raise a, another question, which I wanted to put to you, Michael. You know that there is no time with our system of monarchy, is there? There is no moment for pause and reflection between one monarch's reign and the next i mean let's say for instance we'd said look queen elizabeth she had a great reign um uh, you know huge sense of achievement 70 years on the throne all the things that have happened and all the things that she's done Uh, but we might say well we're not necessarily inclined to believe that her successes are going to be quite the same or that times have moved on and now we want a different system there is no allowance for that is there because the moment i mean the old adage of uh, the queen is dead long live the king is is still with us and charles assumes the throne as a matter of course without any possibility of any discussion or debate does that not trouble you at all I'm wearing two
1: hats here, Phil. This is, of course, it was in the sense that does uh, does this, this, the does the monarchy make sense in the 21st century? And for me, plainly, it doesn't. But the majority of this country believes in it, so I, I believe in democracy. So let, let's go with this constitutional monarchy, such as it is. And central to any monarchy is continuity, because that that the, when you don't have continuity, you have a mo- look look at what happened in. Um, in in america, uh, the, the June June six, January six, there was a people were trying to say, no, it's wrong. we're gonna we're gonna make a difference this insurrection. They were attacking the capital. We didn't have any of that. We had a peaceful transfer of power. and that's that's what it's all about. We want that that the that, that continuity without that, things will break down. people will will fight for power. people as as we saw them as we saw them doing. In America and sadly we've seen we've seen so many other countries where where, where the the head man it's usually a man goes out of power and there's a there's a fight for uh for, for power for the next man. we don't have that we, our fighting is done in the past and now you know this is um Churchill George George, George and we move on you no know, I, I I think uh, one thing I was struck by these ceremonies was the accession where you had the trumpeters and you have the the, um, the College of Arms, the, the heralds from the College of Arms, and so, some of their titles date back to the 14th century. That that institution was over 500 years old. Henry the Seventh would have recognised what was going on there. And this, of course, it, yeah, and
0: of course, you you've had your exhibition it, very it, recently it, in Liverpool about John Blank, the black trumpeter it, exactly. in Tudor court. In
1: fact, I, I knew some of those um, the heralds up there, York Herald. I'd met him. I know him, and there's the sense of continuity that gives us stability, that gives us a strength to uh, not, not not just to 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 Charles as he goes forward, but to us to know that the, we've got these solid institutions behind behind us. And now, maybe I'm being fanciful. Fanciful now, will these constitutions you will know, protect us in times of war? But some of the thinking that goes on, the camaraderie, the togetherness that that creates is what keeps us together, is what creates this nebulous thing called Britain, a nation, a country. It's an idea. And in and and and, and, and some ways in that ceremony, you see the idea made manifest and that continuity. And I know it sounds, how silly, the, the king, the queen is dead long, live the king. But, that, but that's that continuity, that solidarity. And just let me finish on this point, Phil. That's what makes Britain or any country great that togetherness. So when, when our soldiers go to war, they know what they're fighting for. Because and understand that, that that fighting is, is based on hundreds of uh, hundreds of years, centuries of, of nationhood. And that's what you see some of these newer countries like Iraq and Iran, Iraq in particular, or or um, Afghanistan, where the army hasn't been together that long, the nation hasn't been stable that long. So the army is not clear what it's fighting for. And you got, in, in some ways, you got, maybe you've got a little bit of that with the Russian soldiers now, not clear what they're fighting for. And and that's what makes that makes the country great. And in, and in this case, Britain great. Those institutions, those traditions, that continuity that dates back hundreds of years. So, Phil, you know, you, you, you can have a go at them. But there's a reason we have those institutions. There is five in the eye. Story number two. Story number two is perhaps one of the most worrying stories we've done in a long time, Phil. It's what's happening in Sweden, where the right wing, the right wing neo Nazi, based on neo Nazi, are going to come to power in a so called democratic member of the European community. This, this, this is populism in 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 tooth and claw these these these, 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 these people were totally against immigration they, to the point one of, the, one of their tricks was they they hired um a a, a a train called bullet to Afghanistan back to Afghanistan and and they drove it around around the the stations of of um Stockholm and you now giving people the opportunity to to protest. And, and very much Trumpian in the way they they arouse their, their their base. Now in the past they've been five percent and growing, and now ninety percent plus, almost one in one in five of, of of Swedish people voted for them, voted for the right wing. And Philip, I got to admit it, I can understand their concern because their country's been. Oh, I was going to use Maggie Thatcher's word, they're overrun, but thirty percent of them non thirty percent of Sweden are non-native Swedish speakers thirty percent, and there's the gangs. There's, there are some literally some no-go areas in parts of Stockholm where, where, where there's fighting, there's guns, there's murder, and there's bombings. You know, there's. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not a healthy you, society. You, you, no, I mean,
0: you, you make a you make a good point in that perhaps the image of Sweden uh, to people in the UK and the outside world lags. To a large degree, behind reality, it's a few years uh, since I've been in Stockholm, but uh, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, the, the, in in Stockholm, there's a lot of beauty, a lot of history, um, a lot a, a, a lot of tolerance, but there's also a lot of tension. And we, you know, you're absolutely right that the the, the far right has has played on the problems in some of the big Swedish cities uh, like Malmö and Gothenburg and, and Stockholm, and they are using that as a vehicle to. Uh, to, to, to try to further their political ends. What's going to happen, it seems, the um, a couple of days ago, the Social Democratic Prime Minister resigned. She was the first woman prime minister in Sweden. She resigned. She accepted that the right-wing bloc had won. And um, the far right will form probably part of a government with maybe more moderate right-wing elements, but it's a worry. And we're going to see elections in Italy coming up very soon too and the projections there are that similarly a right-wing coalition is going to come to power and that elements within that right-wing coalition are extremely right-wing and um really quite alarming that we could have two countries in the eu Turning in this direction at such a critical time, with the war in Ukraine, Deep, with with the concerned. cost of living crisis, Deep, deeply concerned. You know, I was listening to um, Alistair Campbell
1: and, and um uh, Rory Stewart, and they were talking about the fact that this is a continuation of twenty sixteen, where the populism that Trump rose on, and we thought that that the Biden was a kind of a, a bit of a bit of fresh air, but it it wasn't really. Because look, okay, Macron got in. But still, there's that undercurrent of the right wing in, in uh, France. And then you look what's happening in Hungary, Turkey, 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 and not called Turkey anymore, are they? Turkey. Turkey. And you look what's happening in India. That populist movement is is moving around the world. And, and then to your point, though, when you layer on what's happening in Ukraine and the cost of living, those are all the things that these populists will play on. They'll point to these these. The foreigners, these immigrants, are causing these things. They are the problem. Well, I mean, there were elements. And, uh, and it, it, it's,
0: it's it's this is this is quite messy because there are elements of the far right in countries like Italy and France and so on that actually have quite a fond regard for Putin um, and for his um, his hardline mm. uh, his hardline strongman kind of, of pose. Mm. There's other elements of the far right that are perhaps less pro Russia, but all the same. Anything that sows division in mm-hmm. Europe at this time, when Europe needs to be fundamentally united, is really worrying. I mean, another thing that often occurs to me is, you know, I voted I voted to remain in the EU, as you know. Um, I was anti-Brexit. Um, I've accepted Brexit because it was a democratic vote, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there's people who say, well, we want to go, you know, we, uh, long-term, we want to try and go back into the EU. My point would be, we don't know what the EU is going to be like mm-hmm. in five it's years' very, time or very ten, very year, 10 years' time. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good point, Phil. Right now I want to go back, but
1: the EU song is so unstable. When you look at the um, Eastern Bloc countries, Hungary, Czech Republic, they're all very nervous about the future. And again, hinges around immigrants and the fact that what the, the, the EU, the pressure the EU is putting on them, Greece uh, had enough, you know, and in you look at um, uh, Le Pen in France and, and, her, and her attitude to immigrants, so it, it's deeply concerning, deeply concerning, Phil, the, the, you know, that that we, we're slowly moving to the right, and inevitably, you know, is it could we could we get back to the '30s? Mm. We only need a, a, a depression, you know, and, when, and some say we're on the edge of that now. Yeah, yeah. But when yeah. the money doesn't flow so freely, when we're not growing as quickly, when we're looking for scapegoats, just as Hitler was to identify the Jews as the scapegoats. Maybe we, 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 we can turn on our immigrants or people who don't look like uh, the majority. We can we can attack them and accuse them for, for our circumstances. Because, you know, these right-wing people, they, they, they play on culture wars, the idea of identity, who you are, rather than life, the benefits of life, how we together make something better. That I find deeply, deeply troubling.
0: And personal personal question, Michael, this is something that I ponder and I'm never quite sure about it's kind of, you know, let's say there is a far right government that comes to power in Europe, we look at Hungary, which is pretty much there and Italy and Sweden and so on. What's the threshold for you in saying you wouldn't visit? you wouldn't actually go to a country well, is it the <laughs> fact that i mean you know because I I, I I i think you know italy's a beautiful country they've actually mm. had 69 governments since the second yeah. world war and this might just be number 70 and mm. number 71 will come along like the like, like another bus, you know? And so are we reading too much into it? Or does there come a point where you say, actually, um, the government in a particular country has gone beyond the pale. I'm not comfortable actually visiting, giving, you know, visiting as a tourist, visiting for work. Would you, would you ever cross that threshold? I've crossed that field now. Uh, America, I'd never visited America when, when Trump was there. I've
1: not, having said that, I have no particular desire to travel anywhere now okay I've just come back from from the Czech Republic and Austria but it was it was good to get back home to London it was I have to be honest with you good to get back to Britain as I say to many of my friends <coughs> excuse me England Britain is the least worst place to be black in Europe you know there are issues all across Europe even in Britain but here it's the least worst. so I'm, I'm happy I'm happy to stay in Britain my days are traveling are over now. I only travel for specific, like a friend getting married or a friend's particular birthday. But I don't rush to go on holiday and travel like that. That, like you, you toured um, Germany. Mm. That, that of no interest to in me at all because of the the issues I would encounter. And I'm not saying they're all racist, but you know, you go you go into a bar and you know, you know if you're welcome or not mm. Mm. In, in many of these countries. So no, I'm not saying that the the races, but you know where you're welcome and you're not. And in Britain, I'm much more comfortable. So no, so I've moved that, through that threshold now, and I'm happy to be here in England.
0: Five in the eye story number 3 this week concerned an app called city mapper and this is you, you may well use this yourself it's designed to help you get around plot a route from one part of london to another or one part of a, perhaps another city to another um and you can find the best routes by uh different means of transport um and there was some controversy in the week michael because city mapper was um asking people to pay a premium price if they wanted a route that only used buses and people started pointing out immediately well the people most likely to want to use the buses might be people who are actually the poorest because this is often the cheapest way of traveling um and um part of me says well look these apps are not kind of charities and they're probably in it to make money aren't they but does it does seem a bit discriminatory towards people no no
1: no oh, i feel i think that's I, that's a nonsense way of looking at it because these people who shot themselves in the foot because you know bus there are there are alternatives more convenient apple um apple um apple maps google maps just as efficient to me it was a bizarre absolutely bizarre um uh, reason for moving uh, having people to pay for buses when to your point I agree with you these are the least well-off but equally I know there are many pensioners they come out of town they haven't got they haven't got the um feed and pass but they, they can use the bus the bus pass so maybe they they use them but um I would say this I don't I, don't, I, I, I try to I try to understand what they're doing here in terms of the money making opportunity. You know, is there a latent community there who are ready to pay for the best bus, pass bus, 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 route when there's so many alternatives? As I mentioned, there's Google Maps, Apple Maps. There's even TfL. You know yeah, the TfL yeah. website. Okay, it's a bit
0: clunky. Yeah, I mean TfL. <laughs> I've never found TfL a very easy uh, no, it, site it, it, sites it, to negotiate. It, it, it's clunky,
1: you. but 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 Apple and not Apple. I use Google a lot. Mm. Google, it's it, it's quite straightforward and takes you on yeah. the journey quite quite beautiful. And did I say? It seems to be a tad faster than Citymapper, although Citymapper does have a nice, easy user interface. Hmm. But, it's a, but 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 equally, once you get into Google, it remembers where you've been, it remembers where you're going, gives you the options. Now, I, you know, Phil. In preparation for this, I tried to find what are the alternatives in terms of why would they want to do this, and I, I can find no. Sense of, I'd love to get
0: someone from City Mapper to come on and explain. Mm. Maybe we'll explain. try and find, maybe we'll try and get someone from City Mapper. But yeah. I mean, I, there are loads of apps out there, aren't there? And they all do slightly different things, or they do the same thing in different ways. I mean, I use um, an app that tells you when the buses are coming and how you know, how yeah, well you've to got, wait yeah. and that yeah, kind yeah, of got, thing. Got that, yeah. I, I find that really useful, yeah. and um, it, 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 it's almost like now when you go to a bus stop in the olden days, you just stand <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. Now, now it seems quite incredible, doesn't it? That we would have just stood there wondering if the bus was gonna come or not.
1: Well, I, I know it takes me it takes me three minutes to get to my bus stop here. And I can just tell if there's a bus four minutes away, I'm your man. But if it's three minutes away, no point. I'm not gonna run, you know. Mm. Well, actually, have you said I have done that, I have made the three-minute one. But I was not in a fit state when I got on the bus. Though. I was quite embarrassed, the panting wreck. So I moved up the street. No, the, these bus apps. And you know, Amazon. Not, uh, yeah, Amazon um, Prime. You can ask what time's the next bus. <laughs> I'll tell you. Set it up. It's quite clunky setting it up, but it is. But it, when when you, when you ask it, it really it works. It's really really quite neat.
0: Maybe we should have an app. Personal. Maybe we should have an app for what time's the next five in the eye. <laughs> Yes. And the answer, the answer would always be nine o'clock next Friday.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 this is this old concept of your personal assistant. He knows your five and eyes your paper program, so he's he's got that. Ready, or he or she is your personal assistant. You can choose the voice. We'll let you know when it's on. Let you know when the next bus is coming, and that's all part of your prime package. <laughs> Seventy nine pound really, is it a year. You've got your um access to all your buses. Now coming back to Citymapper, it was it is a great app. I like it. Looks the nice, easy to use user interface. But having to pay for these things, why don't you just keep the adverts going, or maybe force us like you know YouTube, where you've got some ads, you've got to sit and wait <laughs> while the ad plays before they let you access the app. So why don't you do something like that, increase the access time, or decrease the advertisement time, but you know, charging for bus routes. I think this could be an but I was going. To, I was going to use the own goal, which shot them in the foot. <laughs> I'm mixing my, getting my metaphors out of order there, Phil. But you get my point, I'm sure. Five in the eye. Our third story this week takes, or even, us, or even our fourth, Michael. You love doing that, don't you, Phil? Our fourth story this week, our fourth story this week takes us to Norway, one of the richest countries on earth. one of the, one of the very first to take up electric cars because I had the money and the intent to do it. They were very early adopters of Tesla, one of the, the biggest markets, you know, I understand, in Europe. Yeah, they've had problems with Tesla cars. You know, they've had issues of, of rust, of the the, the the so-called vegan leather seats bubbling, you know, the, uh, the handles not working, all the little minutiae of, of, of a new brand, you know, little problems. And you think Tesla, being a new brand, would want to get these things repaired, give them, you know, you know develop the name. None of it. None of it. They got to the point where these, these um, some of them have gone hunger strike, such as their desperation to gain attention, uh, and they have gained attention. Well, they uh, gained attention because
0: they gained attention because we're talking about them on Five in the Eye, but, I guess. But, but... but, but exactly, but Elon Musk got to see them. <laughs> he parried them. He
1: parried them. He said they would be a daft. They're not quite. No, get over it. Move on. He wasn't interested.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is shocking. But on the other hand, Michael, I mean, I find the hunger strike thing a little bit, a little bit distasteful. I mean, when you think about people who've gone on hunger strike around the world for really fundamental Issues of human rights and and no. so on. No, you know I mean no but you know car, is, if you love your car well yeah exactly I mean I I feel we're talking about mm. a bunch of we're talking about a bunch of people who are pretty well healed because they can afford the Teslas in the first place and 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 isn't it rather offensive to tell people they're going on a hunger strike when other people might be doing it for something far more fundamental
1: no but but they're fundamental it's fundamental and they care about the community the the environment that's why they bought these cars. And they brought them in good faith, believing that they were protecting the environment and, and had a, a, a comfortable ride, a safe, secure, comfortable ride. And it's proven not to be the case. You know, he's he, he's let them down. And more fundamentally, he's not supported them. He's not supported... Because we, we come to, you know, brand management we, we, is a given these days. We expect the brand to be well-managed. People want to protect their image.
0: But he doesn't... He doesn't seem to care. Elon Musk, the man at the top, does not care. You think he, do you think he's got too distracted, Michael, by trips into outer space and um, plans to inhabit Mars and buying no, Twitter and exactly. all of this kind of stuff? He's
1: got other things, things on his mind. Exactly. So in terms of, these, some you could argue, these are all just toy things for him. In terms of coming down to living life, like these, these Norwegian people are trying to do, it's not, I was going to say, not on his radar. He probably owns a radar station somewhere. No, so he's not of no interest, to. And the thing that, that genuinely saddens me, Phil, that there's a, a bright young brand, Tesla, you know, that's that sh- 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 shaking the car market. And yeah, he seems he seems to be indifferent to it. He doesn't, he doesn't care. And we brought up to believe that brands care. Brands care for their customers. And they look after them. You know, I mean, the the, the length of uh, problems with these cars is enormous. Yeah. Is it, 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 it misses them. Is
0: there something about the the Tesla in Norway that is particularly problematic? I mean, it was surely Tesla's a Tesla, is a Tesla. And, exactly, well, is, exactly, is this exactly. problem, are these problems not being
1: experienced by people in other countries well, too? Well, maybe the, maybe that the hunger strike is what's got them the attention. The fact that the only way they can get it is do something extreme like that. You know, the, 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 it's it's just. It's just bad taste. <laughs> bad taste, you know. And he, I saw one of his tweets. He said, "What does he said? He says, this is not being cynical. On good advice, on the advice of a good friend, I've been fasting periodically and feeling healthier. Fasting, you know, thinking, that mean, eating less can make you healthier. You know, he's he's just missing the point of all these things gone wrong. But what does it say if you're going to buy a new car, a new new car?" Then make sure, or a new, new anything. Make sure you're buying it from someone who's who, who does believe in brand values and wants to wants to grow the brand and, and keep you happy. His indifference to his, his customers' needs and wants. When you look at the list, it's just enormous. So, can I recommend Tesla? Oh, this is challenging. This is challenge. I have to say, hmm.
0: In the eye. Story number five this week. We return to Queen Elizabeth II. And there has been some commentary about the um the different ways in which businesses and organizations think it appropriate to pay respect to the Queen. And perhaps the most high-profile one in the last week was the decision by Center Parks, the holiday uh, company, to tell people they were shutting the holiday parks on the day of the Queen's funeral. And if you were booked in there, uh, you had to move out for 24 hours. And you can imagine there was a bit of a rumpus on social media about that, and they, they partially reversed that plan. But all kinds of other weird things have been going on, Michael. Morrison's, uh, the supermarket chain, decided that it would be appropriate to reduce the volume of the bleeps that the, the checkouts make um, in out of respect uh, to the Queen, uh, bike racks have been shut in different uh, places. Uh, we know that various um, businesses are closing on the day of the funeral, which is perhaps more understandable. But you know, who decides what's appropriate? But, who decides I, what's respectful no, and what for, isn't? I, I tell you, I'm looking for, for pubs are going to be open, but the shops are shut.
1: And what does that say about us? You can go and have a bevy. To celebrate the Queen, but you can't go and buy a booty.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting. I saw a poll though. I saw a poll that said the the majority of people thought that pubs should shut uh, yeah, yeah. for 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 the Queen, and, um, and so there seems to be quite a groundswell of support for the idea that we, you know, we do stop the clock to 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 a certain degree no, in, no, in, I, I, in this I, I, kind of me, in this kind of environment.
1: No, no, I think, I think stopping the clock, but not for the whole day. You know, the, the money that's going to be lost. You know, the, the they are talking about some some he- some um, uh, national health service operations not being not 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 taking place, you know, tra- you know, dragging the, the whole country to stop for one day. I think that's over the top, but maybe for an hour, you know, while, the, while the ceremony is on, you know, we definitely stop. You know, people shut up shop and we go inside, so you know something happening, something something of, of, of great moment is happening, but a whole day particularly when they're going to open at five o'clock. Some shops are going to open at five o'clock. Why why not just close for the afternoon while the ceremony is on and then move on? You
0: know? Uh, The Met Met Office, office in the immediate aftermath of the announcement of the the, the Queen's death, the the Met Office said that they would no longer be issuing long-range forecasts, so they'd only be doing daily forecasts. And that also caused a bit of bit of confusion on social media what what is it what exactly is it that's disrespectful about forecasting the weather more than the day ahead it And where, how to, how do people come to these extraordinary conclusions one wag uh, on the weather spoons
1: said they they'd shut their condom dispenser in respect for the queen and it turned out to be a uh a, a spoof hoax, a hoax. but you know it just underlies the fact that maybe we've gone a little bit too far. In this, uh, the queen is dead, long did the king. This kind of playing homage. Not being disrespectful, you know, I'm respectful of of the great lady. But, you know, bringing the country to a, well, we've almost been on a a ghost law now for um, almost 10 days it'll be. And then we'll have a massive, a whole whole one day as a bank holiday.
0: It's, um, It's a bit much, it's a bit much controversial views michael i'm sure our listeners might have something to say uh, but that's it for episode 0375. 5 5 in the eye well we hope you've enjoyed um our episode of five in the eye this week that's it for another week and we'll be back again next time
1: if you want to catch up with us before next week's show well facebook is the place to do it see the stories we're
0: considering and give us your comments recommendations for news you want us to cover for now in london this is phil woodford signing off and wishing you well for the week ahead and this is me michael ohaduro who can't see his script but is saying it on the top of his head
1: if you have been thanks for listening take care and have a good week bye
0: five in the eye with michael and phil it's news but is it new